when your motivations and your reason why is so kind of serious, I guess, you know, it's not, it's not because I wanted to look better or I wanted to fit into certain clothes or anything like that. It's because I didn't want to diet. Losing weight isn't easy. And some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast with me, your host, Carl. I'm joined today by Mark from Horsham. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you. Glad to hear it and appreciate you joining me here to tell me about your journey. As I understand it correctly, you are currently on your journey with Slimming World. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Excellent. But it's not your first journey with them. And I know you've had a lot of success previous to that. And we can get into all of that and hear about the challenges and the good bits and the bad bits and, and go into that. Why don't you tell us first, though, Mark, if you could, a little bit about yourself. So, yes, hello. Uh, m- my name is Mark. I'm 39. I have a fiancé, Charlotte, and a daughter, Harriet, who's five. Um, I work as a school business leader, which, as I usually describe as the person in the school that does all of the bits that aren't educational is the uh, the best way I think I can describe it. So all of the business aspects really of working in a school. Thank you. And and this is something we were just having a quick chat before I hit record. And I'd never really considered a, a school as a business. You know, it's just where the kids go to learn. Mm. But from what you've told me, the size of a school, but the logistics and everything, the, the moving parts that you have involved with it, I guess a school really is a business that has teachers there and, and educates people. In some sense, it could even be a business first because it has to be. Yeah, I think that it's definitely the way that the education sector is going. I think a lot of schools need that kind of uh, business strand to their bow as well, just to be able to survive. You know, funding is notoriously tight, as you might well hear in the media quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and having the ability to generate your own income locally is is really invaluable, to be honest. Fantastic. And it's something that I find fascinating just in the short time that we've been talking about it. But we're here today, Mark, to talk about your journey of transformation. Absolutely. And so how does your journey up until this point look? And before we even get into the weight loss part of it, have you, as I always start, have you suffered with your weight or had issues with weight management throughout your life or just recently so no not throughout my entire life um as a child I was very active um I was actually a very keen cyclist at quite a high level I won quite a few national championships at age levels right up to under 15 oh wow um and I used to do I used to race kind of three four times a week um all throughout from when I was about six right up until I was about 15 Okay. Um, and that's all kind of disciplines of cycling, road, track, um, cyclocross, time trials, literally you name it, I would I would do it. You must have spent a lot um, of time on a bike then as a as a child there. Yeah, an awful lot. 
Um, I was probably five or six days a week at points once I was into my sort of mid-teens. So it, it, it became quite a commitment. Okay. And so at that point, I would imagine the amount of calories you were burning, you probably couldn't eat enough to maintain your weight because of the exercise you were doing and the intensity of it. Yeah, I think... I think in hindsight, that was definitely part of the the sort of problem with what, what led to my weight. I think um, I didn't realise it at the time because I think I was too young and naive to really understand. But being so active would would invariably have meant that I never really had to worry about what I ate. Of course. And did you have, because another thing as well is that... Uh, somebody who's focusing on sport especially at a high level like yourself as an athlete and especially as a child we're probably guided on the foods you should eat the diet you should have and absolutely was probably controlled at quite some level being a yeah national it was it was and i think that kind of post post my cycling years in that kind of late teenage rebellion stage was where my real kind of problems with food arose because I'd stopped doing all of the exercise that I was previously doing. Um, but I'd also found all these things that I wasn't previously able to eat or enjoy. So I would, it, it was kind of like, it wasn't just that I stopped the exercise and carried on the food. It was that the exercise stopped and the food got worse all at the same time between kind of 16 and 21. Okay. Do you mind if I ask Mark, what, what triggered that change in terms of stopping cycling and going from one extreme to the other I think at the time when I was about 16 I saw it as a I either had to embrace cycling fully and consider doing it full-time and potentially looking at being aiming to be a professional one day um, or following an educational route into college and university and it probably wasn't a binary choice in reality, but at the time I saw it as a binary choice. And I quite enjoyed academics and I didn't overly enjoy the training side of cycling. I enjoyed the racing. And so I kind of went cold turkey on it, really. Stopped cycling and followed that route of college and university, which also obviously didn't help because... At university, I drank a lot and ate a lot, and it just kind of got worse, really. So, 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 what I'm hearing and and what you've explained really well is that that switch from one extreme to the other, you from went from having a restricted diet and doing a lot of exercise to being unrestricted, discovering all of these things that you'd probably seen friends, other people, do, especially becoming a teenager, like you described it as the rebellious teenage years. Yeah, being controlled at that time, it must have felt to some extent a burden and, and that can carry resentment to the life you were leading. So when that stopped, I'm sure that there was this explosion of wanting to let loose and do all of the things you hadn't been previously able to do. And so did that yeah, exactly lead that. To, to weight gain as a late teenager? Yes, I, I definitely put on quite a lot of weight between the years of sort of 16 and 21. Um, not not entirely, but there was quite a lot during that period. But I don't I don't think during that time I don't think I really realised what was happening or understood it either. I think I was a bit young to get my head around 
like what I was actually doing to myself, if that makes sense. It does. And then one question I was, I was going to ask is, were you enjoying yourself during that time? Oh, yeah. I had a ball. You know, I loved my university years. I did three, lived in York for three years and made some great friends and had a great time. You know, I don't, I don't have masses of regret for what happened. I still was very much enjoying life. And I think it's only at the age I'm at now and looking back in hindsight that I can understand some of these things. I don't think it was um, sort of, I don't think I was aware of them at the time. Of course. And, and the reason I ask that is because I look at my own situation and I was overweight throughout my teenage years, young adult, 20s, 30s. I, I've been overweight mm. most of my life. But at the same time, I've never luckily been very, very, it's never really led to depression or I've never, it's never been right at the focus of, of severe unhappiness as it impacts so many others. So I completely understand if you're enjoying yourself and you're overweight, but you're prioritizing the fun and the going out, the drinking and the eating, it's quite normal that those years can go by. And also the body's quite forgiving at that age in terms of, you know, yeah, it recovers quickly. And although you may be overweight, you can go out Friday and then be ready for Saturday quite soon. But as you get older, you know, I went out Friday and I'm still on Tuesday suffering. <laughs> um, but, you know, these things, I think if you're enjoying it and you're not suffering from a mental health perspective or from a, any kind of health perspective, it's quite easy to get wrapped up in that and not worry about it. But as you said, as you get older, you start to look at things through a different lens. And is that what happened to you, Mark? Yeah, completely agree. That's literally that's literally it in a nutshell i think um i've never really suffered from a mental health perspective around my weight um i'd always tried to be positive in life kind of no matter what and i always felt that if someone was judging me based on my weight um then i didn't really want them in my life anyway so i've always tried to be non-judgmental myself and kind of treat people as i would want to be treated so i think that it's never affected me in in that way. That's that's good. I I I say carefully. That's good. I mean, it's good for you in terms of the fact that you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. I'd, I I would view that as a as a kind of positive in a positive light. For sure. I think. For sure, because you've you've enjoyed your life and it wasn't at the forefront of it. And having spoken to a number of guests on here, who sadly their their weight completely controlled any kind of enjoyment prevented any kind of enjoyment from an, a normal life because they were overweight and I always think about I think it was the second episode I did with, with a guy called Steve who Steve's amazing and he's you know he's now a runner and in the best shape of his life but he said he, he was he wasn't unhappy about being overweight it was only because he pretty much got taken away in an ambulance after nearly having a heart attack that he realized he had to change something and that kind of provoked mm. looking for a different lens and I think everyone's story is completely different but what was it in your case Mark that prompted you or, or motivated you to actually join Slimming World the first time or, or just I'm not sure if that was your first attempt or your first weight loss journey so to speak and, and I'd love to find out but what triggered you to 
go on that first journey of weight loss? So it was it was actually my second time that time round in 2019, but I think I would treat that as my first proper attempt. Um, the previous one was um, I didn't really go into it wholeheartedly. Um, what triggered me to join Slimming World in 2019 was um, literally that in 2018 I'd had my daughter, so she's now five, and I wanted to be able to do things with her like go out on the bike or go for a walk or a run or whatever it might be that children enjoy doing um and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that because of my health so that was my initial trigger was wanting to be able to enjoy life with my daughter okay fair enough and before we go into that in more detail if we can just take a step back to your you mentioned a previous weight loss there but Mm. you didn't go into wholeheartedly and this was before your daughter was born can I just That's ask right. what, what what made you decide to do that? And perhaps you could tell us about that journey and why you didn't feel wholeheartedly, you know, part of that and what where, yeah, what happened during was, that time? I think I'd met my now fiance a couple of years prior to the to that journey and uh, she also wanted to lose weight at the time and we we were both in we sort of had that conversation you know oh yeah we should try and do something about it let's see what we can do found a slimming world group we gave it a go for probably about six months i think and i did lose weight with it um but at the time i was still loving food i'm a massive foodie and i i was still enjoying all of the things that um that you can't enjoy quite in the same way when you need to lose weight and I think ultimately I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I wasn't ready to be able to really commit to it. I understand. And I completely relate to it. I had somebody actually describe it themselves the other day as a Monday to Friday Slimming World uh, member. Yeah. Or even Monday to Thursday, (laughs) probably. But yeah. And that made perfect sense to me because. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as people understand the impact that will have and it doesn't have to be related to slimming world at all but if you do only focus on your goals monday to thursday or monday to friday and then go all out perhaps you are kind of counteracting some of the damage that you do or some of the calories that you consume in addition during the weekend i've always i've always found that if i did monday to friday and was really on plan and didn't worry about it the weekend i'd maintain yeah so I think that for most people who don't have any kind of problems with food or with their weight, I think that's generally how most people maintain a, a sort of broadly similar weight throughout their life. Because during the week, they probably would eat relatively sensibly um, and then they enjoy it themselves at the weekend. And I think that's kind of almost a framework for um, weight maintenance for people who don't have that kind of negative relationship with food i think you're absolutely right i think it's a really really good way to describe that and you've also identified the fact that for many people that have eating disorders or an emotional connection with food it's not always possible to go monday to friday in a more sensible way as you describe because you never know when you may suffer from binge eating or you know that doesn't work to monday to friday you know so 
I think like you said though, for, for people without that, who to the most part have control of their diet and their eating habits, I think that's absolutely spot on. And also because I think you're more likely to go out at the weekend, you're more likely to have the celebrations, more likely to meet friends at the weekend. So it becomes easier, I think, Monday to Thursday or Friday to live a more restricted diet or, or, you know, within your means in terms of a calorie need. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And thanks for, for covering that. So then when Harriet was born, and I can completely relate to this as well, it mm-hmm. changes your whole perspective on so many things. And It did, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. You said that, you know, things like riding a bike, which is quite interesting considering, you know, you'd spent so many years as, as a child on a bike. So I... Uh, I'm sure you're not going to be pushing her into to that necessarily, but but just it made me laugh to use that example. But just being able to do things, being able to show up for your children, being able to be present as a father and also as a role model, I think, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was thinking longer term as well. You know, like I was thinking, I don't want her to be 14 and having her friends bully her because of her dad's weight. You know, it was. There's, there's, there was so much kind of to that that was going on in, on in my head at that point um, that triggered that kind of journey in 2019. Um, just, yeah, so many things, you know, like when they're little and you go to a soft play and they get stuck and you need to go and get them, you know, I wasn't able to do that. So it, it, I, I could probably sit here and fill the podcast with things that I wanted to do that I knew I couldn't. And that was ultimately what, really pushed me to have a really good crack at losing weight back then okay and so there's something interesting in what you've just said there actually in that we we started off obviously things that would benefit your daughter having a dad who could do things with her having a dad who wouldn't be the risk of her being bullied but then also quickly went to you being able to do things for your daughter as well and I guess the two yep. kind of intertwine at some level, but focus on different people emotionally. So you you want to obviously be the best you can for your daughter, but you also want your daughter to be safe and secure and probably have a good opinion of you as well to look up to. Yeah, absolutely. And and I say that because I, I think that's how a lot you know the majority of parents feel. And is it something being in the education system, working in a school? Is it something that's quite a real worry of how children perceive other children's parents? Is it something you see happening? Um, I don't. I don't really note. I don't really notice that from from my own experiences on a daily basis. I I'm pretty confident it does happen, um, but it's not something I necessarily see at work. No, no. no the reason I ask just because it's not. For me, what I would—I I don't think my biggest concern at this stage. Maybe I'm just oblivious to it. But having children, knowing where they interact with each other, keeping in mind they're still only six and eight, so mm. we probably haven't reached that yet. I think, unfortunately, if a kid's going to get bullied, they'll be bullied for everything about them, whether yeah. if their parents are overweight, the shoes they wear, yeah, the think. hair they have. If someone yeah. unfortunately gets targeted to be bullied on, it's usually every aspect of their living 
that gets torn apart, which is what makes bullying such a horrible, horrible thing. And so, but I can understand why as well as a parent and, and just I think it's common sense for anyone listening who's not a parent and could probably think of a niece or a cousin or a, just a close friend that you wouldn't want to be responsible for putting that person at risk of going for a hard time. Yeah. And I think that's quite normal. Yes, that's it. And so in you, you then decided you were going to do something about that. And yep. you decided you wanted to go back to Slimming World. Was that an easy decision for you to make? Yeah, actually, it was an easy decision because we had had some success with it the previous time. So I knew that it could work if I embraced it properly. Okay. And and how was it going back? And I'm, I'm going to ask you as well because I know as a man and having been to Slimming World myself, although I was 17, 18, I think, when it happened. So I was also the stigma of being a teenager and doing it. But... Being a man in a group, were there many other men when you when you went to your first session? Well, the consultant was a man, which I think possibly helped. I don't think it was a conscious decision, but um, he was somebody that I looked up to at the time because he'd actually lost uh, 13 stone in a year himself through Slimming World. And um, when you saw his kind of before and after pictures, it was just, it was incredible. And... So I found him inspiring enough in itself that, that would have been enough for me to go regardless, if you know what I mean. Of course. So it wasn't necessarily just because he was a man, but, but just because he was someone who had an inspiring story. Yeah, absolutely. But the fact he was a man probably helped you a little bit. Yeah, and exactly. That's the same as a conversation I had, I believe it was with Adam. He said that that was something that helped him because he felt like he could be more honest about what he was feeling or, or be just more open about it. So the fact that you were able to find a male consultant, it definitely didn't do any harm. But it's not to say that there are not amazing female consultants there who would ever make a oh, man absolutely. Feel I know, anything I know, other than I know, welcome. I know a, few of them, a few of them now. So it's mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. And uh, I don't think that, I don't think it's had any bearing on my current journey at all. But I think at that, at that point, previously then it probably did help me mm-hmm. to get going again if you like yeah and, and that's what i was going to say that it, it's probably not even for anyone who gets through those first couple of sessions it's probably no longer an issue but it's probably more yeah. of our own apprehension our own concern Absolutely, about walking yeah. in and being the only guy there and quite honestly i don't think it's even a bad thing if you are because everyone is so focused on succeeding the journey losing weight mm becoming healthier that it's not seen you know you, there's a respect for each other because everybody's there for that reason regardless of you know whether you're male or female yeah i think i think it, it goes even further than that it sort of doesn't matter how old you are or what you do it's everyone's got that kind of common reason of being that makes a lot of the other factors that usually might come into play in life almost negated completely agree that's really well put. Yeah, absolutely agree. And it's you just have that one common domin- denominator. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. And I think that helps people to be honest about it. So did you have, what was your target? How much weight did you set out to lose when you started going back to your sessions? I didn't set a target that time round. I just wanted to get back onto the journey ultimately. 
Okay. Um, which I did. I think I lost about about six stone, I think it was, or just under six stone in that 2019-2020 period. Wow. But then COVID hit. Yeah. And, and this is something that, you know, for so many people, so many episodes, keeping in mind when I started this last September, still coming out of that, that mess of a couple of years that yeah. everybody went through, unfortunately. And, you know, for various reasons, it was harder on some than others. But one thing is for sure that anyone who was on a journey, it made it much more difficult to continue on that journey during that time, just because everything changed. And change is usually yeah. a catalyst for, for things becoming challenging. So what happened during that time then for you once, you, I mean, you'd lost a considerable amount of weight and then with lockdown, what was it about being in lockdown for you specifically, Mark, that led to you gaining weight again? The one thing that I need for whatever reason is going to group and being weighed by someone on a weekly basis. and. There's not much else I generally feel that I need to be able to succeed, but that seems to be my kind of absolute imperative. And not being able to do that just led me to not have the accountability. And when I didn't have that accountability, I didn't worry about what I ate. I just went back to the kind of previous ways of living, you know? Okay. And that's curious as well because, and and I think it could at some level all be connected because the fact that, you wanted to lose weight for your daughter because you were relatively happy with your life. You needed that accountability because you weren't desperately unhappy with yourself. So having mm-hmm. that kind of gave some focus to keep you on track. Yeah. And it's not to say that you stopped caring about wanting to be healthy for your daughter, but I, I understand that there has to be different motivations there or, or different reasons to your why. And so for you it became difficult not being able to go physically and be weighed in on a weekly basis. I'm sure you were probably less active during that time as, as we most were yeah. eating more food Definitely. just because, you know, how many times did you walk into the kitchen a day compared to when you were normally work, working and grab something? It's just all of it um, rolled into one led to a lot of people gaining weight. And did you gain a considerable amount during that time um, I mean, I got back to a similar point to when I started my journey the first okay. before. So I probably, I gained about six or seven stone, but that was over, um, what, two, just over two years. So I wouldn't have said it was an excessively fast weight gain, but I mean, it was it was significant nonetheless. Of course. And, and yeah, fast, no, but I would say probably consistent over that time. Yeah. Definitely. And this goes again back to what we were saying before about the calories and how you, you probably got used to eating a higher amount of calories than your body needed and just maintained that. So you probably, it wasn't as yep. if you were spiraling and, and eating more and more and more, even just maintaining that same level of, of eating, but not having the opportunity to burn the calories, not having the opportunity to, to lower that will just lead to consistent weight gain. And over two years, you yep, know, exactly. it's, it's quite incredible what can happen when it's a small amount on a regular basis until you actually you know look back over that last couple of years and go well wow that's happened so when it got to the end of lockdown what then provoked you so in april 2022 um i ended up getting really poorly and i ended up going to hospital 
in an ambulance and turned out I had quite severe sepsis and I was in hospital for 10 days with that um, where some of my organs, mainly my kidneys, had kind of almost stopped working. So I was on, um, you know, IV antibiotics and all the other associated paraphernalia that you have when that kind of thing happens. I then came out of hospital and was going through that kind of recovery phase, but I never really felt like I was getting better at any kind of sort of speed, I guess. I, I wasn't really feeling better and I was still really struggling with my breathing and even just kind of manoeuvring around to live life was difficult at that point. And I'd actually made an appointment to speak to the doctor to find out whether that was normal and should I just have to wait a while before I get better. And on the day I was due to see the doctor, I had this kind of sudden shortness of breath um, in, oddly in the car park, actually after a day at work, where it literally felt like someone had turned off the oxygen to the world. I just absolutely couldn't breathe. I was like in huge oxygen debt, like I would have been at the end of a real kind of marathon athletic effort, just just sort of sitting there. And it lasted about 30 seconds or so. Um, and then I recovered a bit and drove home and uh, happened again at home. And my partner, who's a nurse, was like, yeah, this isn't normal. I'm going to take you to hospital. So... She took me to our, our local hospital and I couldn't even walk from the car into the A&E department. So I, was in, I had to go in a wheelchair. We had to wait ages because, you know, hospitals. And um, it was actually when they were doing some of their general observations on me about eight hours later that he said to me, can you just... Um... Oh no, it was I was in the wheelchair, but the wheelchair wouldn't fit through the door. So he asked me to get up and walk over to the bed. And I said, I can, but like, that's pretty tricky. It was, you know, about five meters away. And um, so I did. And then by the, you know, by the time I'd walked those few meters to the bed, I was massively out of breath again. Um, So they did my oxygen levels and observations at that point. And then everyone kind of panicked. I was rushed in for an emergency CT scan which revealed a massive pulmonary embolism. So I had a huge blood clot right across the top of my lungs. Wow. And at the time, they they said that there was probably a 25% chance of me not making it. So I was then in hospital again for the best part of two weeks. Um, got better, but very, very, very slowly, as you can imagine. Then I came out in end of June, beginning of July time. I think it was the end of June. And, uh, yeah, during that time in hospital, I, the, the doctors had sort of said to me, look, the all of my issues, which ultimately led back to the sepsis, which was actually um, food poisoning, were none of it was directly a cause of my weight, but my weight was not helping any of it. And based on my weight and health, if I didn't do something about it, these kind of things were more likely to happen again in the future. So that obviously became a huge kind of trigger to me. And um, on July the 14th was when I felt well enough to kind of go back to a group and say that, right, you know, enough now. I need to 
actually do something about this for the rest of my life to to be able to live wow that's honestly hearing you say all of that and explaining that mark is pretty scary just the fact that it came from food poisoning developed into sepsis to then a huge blood clot it is i think it's something that we take for granted and even just getting food poisoning let's go back to the very beginning of it we, we take for mm. granted how well we are until yeah. we're not and then how little of a change it takes to all of a sudden go from being feeling okay to being really very poorly as you said and it just shows how vulnerable we are as people you know in, in terms of our health and so i guess when you're not doing everything you can to be the healthiest version of you yeah you, you, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to get better as quickly as you could and although it sounds as that you know this, this was not directly related to you being overweight as the doctor explained to you this didn't help and it, it must have been a very scary time for you especially having a young daughter you know being young yourself we're, we're the same age it's yeah just, it was horrible it was horrible and i'm sorry you had to go through that because it's just not nice for anybody but it sounds like it created that motivate not even a motivation at this point it's probably just a necessity to want to be healthy yeah um yeah absolutely and i think one of the things a lot of people say to me about um finding motivation and staying on target and i said to i said to somebody at our group the other day i think that in my situation it's arguably the easiest situation to stay motivated because you're literally talking, well, if you don't do something about it, you might die. That's so much more serious than the vast amount of people who are there have as their motivation. Yeah, it's, it's completely true. And while I'd never, ever wish somebody to have one of those experiences to give them that vision of how important it is to be healthy, I think it's something that's part of our DNA to think that we're mm. invincible until we realize we're not yeah that was me absolutely absolutely me and time and time again you hear like sad stories you know people or close family members who have gone through something terrible and then after that realized okay there is mortality we we do have that risk some it is not going to last forever if we're being completely honest about it and it's not really until you're a bit closer to that line for whatever reason that you realize, okay, let's make it count. Let's do something. So, yeah. And it sounds like you've, you've, you know, you've done that and you're now taking that much more seriously. So that's coming up to a year ago that you started back. Yeah. It's, uh, about, it's about a year ago that it was all kind of happening. Okay. So how are you feeling? About a year now? Ago that, you know, yeah. I'm feeling probably the best I've felt in maybe 15 years, I would imagine. Um, it's um, it's unbelievable the the difference in losing the weight and you know I said to you when we were talking about doing this that I'm still quite away from my ultimate goal but even being kind of halfway there is it's just incredible how much better I feel in so many ways you know so many things that you wouldn't even think about that um that are an impact of losing weight you know like my feet are smaller it's very very weird it's funny you say that i i noticed that last year because I, I don't know if everyone gets this i've never actually asked anyone but 
always on a plane, like I feel a bit of a swelling on my trainers. Mm. And, and I went on an airplane. I didn't feel it afterwards. And I was like, that's weird. And it's for that it's reason. It's so true. I'm, I'm half a size smaller now, which is back to what I was, you know, nearly 20 years ago. Very, very odd. But there's literally so many things. It's not just the the kind of typical thing that people see in that you have a smaller tummy or look better or whatever it might be. There's just, there's so many things that feel better now. Of course. You know, I've started walking a lot more and get it, getting out and about. Um, we're lucky to have some lovely countryside in my neck of the woods. Um, and I even went out on my bike a couple of weeks ago for the first time in about 10 years. Wow. So that was quite nice. That's great. And like it kind of, it, activity and health breeds more health and momentum to want to do healthier things. And again, as a, a dad of a young daughter, that's so important as well to kind of have that inspiration and be that role model for them. And um, that's great. And I, I'm really happy for you. And as we said, as you said just now, and we talked about before the fact that you're not quite at your target yet, or you're not at the end of your journey. I mean, I don't think we ever do really or should really reach the end of our journey because that's when complacency, you know, whether or not our goal is to lose weight yeah. or maintain weight, we should always see it as a journey to, to be our best version of ourselves and to, to strive for things and set goals. Cause I think that's what keeps us ticking and, and prevents us from relapsing or going backwards, you know? Um, so what, is next for you mark I'd, I'd love to know what what are you focused on at the moment are you still focused on weight loss are you going to lose some weight and then focus on maintenance what, what is inspiring you yeah, at the moment so today? i'm still still very much focused on my weight loss when i restarted last july i'd set myself a goal to lose 10 stone by that time next year which i'm well on track to do i'm on about nine and a half at the moment and then I'm getting married in May 2024. Congratulations. So, thank you very much. So my my current goal of uh, getting to a, a, a target weight is is for the wedding. So we shall see if I make that or not. Um, and just to, to do more, really, I, I think ultimately I'd really like to get back on my bike. Whether that be racing or not, I don't know. But, you know, I've always liked cycling and even though I haven't done it for many years I still follow it and still would watch the Tour de France and the Olympics and all those kind of things and just to get back out and be able to ride and enjoy that I think is probably quite high on my priority list as well. That's great because that's something that doesn't have a finite end because I was going to ask as well or not ask or even tell you because it's not my place to tell you but I think it's important, there you go, I'll say it that way, I think it's important that if you are striving towards the goal of, you know, one year anniversary from being unwell or your wedding, to look beyond that, as your, especially as your wedding, mm. as that's the next part of the goal, as what's next after that, because there's another risk, you know, there's a, an expression, there's a devil at every level, um, I heard. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's important to have those that next next objective which doesn't necessarily have to be weight loss but set that goals just so that you don't get married have a blowout honeymoon or you know just afterwards think okay i've done it now mission complete it doesn't matter anymore now obviously you've got a lot of motivation to stay healthy because of the illness that you've had and your daughter and everything yeah. else but it's just something that i hear people talk about and, and i think it's important i think that on that general subject i think that weight maintenance is becoming 
more of a talked about topic as well you know like I listened to the podcast you did with Joe Thompson a little while back and you know he's a strong advocate for maintenance once you've hit target and I think that is really important for people to consider as well so I absolutely hear Joe is my boy I I love Joe (laughs) he's absolutely fantastic he's he's a good lad he's a legend I'm genuinely pleased to have met him on the podcast and you know we've become good friends since then I'll say it's I think it's as you get older you're same age as me I think it's hard to actually make genuine friends as you get older yeah and especially when we connected over a podcast and he lives in Essex and I'm in Barcelona but but definitely say he's someone that I, I speak to probably at least once a week either for a whatsapp or something and he's a, he's a good lad so he's been yeah. one of your motivations yeah I think I've I've enjoyed seeing his journey and what he's gone through and actually being able to think about what it might be for me when I get to that kind of level of reaching target is something that's kind of so surreal that it's literally never entered my consciousness. You know, I've not been at any kind of normal in inverted commas weight since I was 16. So being able to even think, well, what might that be like is a bit of an achievement in itself for me, you know? I agree completely. I, 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 going back to myself, sorry, Joe, we've talked about you enough. Um, going back to my own story, I wore the smallest waist jeans that I'd wore since I was 16 last year. And that was crazy when I realised, and apologies because you're the same age as me, but what an old codger I'm becoming, to yeah, not absolutely. have fitted in a, a, a smaller size jeans from being 16 to now. It's kind of incredible when you think about that. And, and nice yeah, at the same time but there's also that risk of it being a bit scary because of the fact you're char- you're going into uncharted ground you're not sure what to do next you're kind of pushing yourself again a devil at every level you you are going outside your comfort zone so it's how do you cope with that once you achieve it because it's not something you're used to or have experience in so that's great and in between this anniversary getting married you're also turning 40. So I am. Yeah. has that been, and I ask this selfishly just because it's been such a poignant part of my decision to become healthier. Has that played into it at any stage? So oddly, no, actually it's almost been not even thought about in my, in my mind. It's, um, it's just a number and I've never really worried particularly about age from that perspective. And I think that, like I say, when when your when your motivations and your reason why is so kind of serious, I guess you know it's not it's not because I wanted to look better or I wanted to fit into certain clothes or anything like that. It's because I didn't want to die, and I think that that kind of takes so much of a precedent over all these other things that you they almost pale into insignificance at times. I can understand why. I can understand why that would be. I mean, I feel very fortunate that I've not had such a, a serious illness or bad reason. So for me, I guess these things like turning 40, although I'm not, I don't fear turning 40 at all, but it has just been a <laughs> moment approaching it where I've kind of started looking at my life in many aspects and am I where I expected to be? Am I happy with where I am? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's crazy because you still feel 20, don't you? Yeah. Like and, until I try and act like a 20 year old. 
and, and, and then it, you think no i'm not 20 and then i realize and i pay for it either through aches and pains or you know I, yeah that, that's when i realize i'm not 20 anymore or i have a conversation with a 20 year old I think I'm, I'm definitely not 20 anymore yeah um so i know and there's some some cool 20 year olds out there don't get me wrong but it's been it's been great chatting mark thank you for, for sharing your story and i'm sure the fact that you're still on your journey there's a lot of people who would like to now follow you and through you know to your year anniversary through to you getting married and beyond because it sounds as though so more, much more than welcome perfect where can we find you on instagram um mark underscore gets underscore thin mark nice and simple underscore gets underscore thin perfect link as always in the notes and we'll share that as soon as the episode's released mark closing now i'd just like to ask what advice would you have for anybody who's listening today I thought about this before and I I think the first thing I would say is if you don't, if you haven't started a journey, then absolutely take the plunge. Um, You know, it's for something I wish I could have told myself a little while back many years ago. Um, But if you are on your journey, I think that the biggest advice I can give is always remember your why, because there's always a reason that you started trying to lose weight and Generally speaking, that reason is more important than the pizza or the chocolate bar that you're about to eat. And I think that if you can always have that at the forefront of your mind, the why you want to do it, then I think it gives you so much more strength. And we are all strong enough to do it. Um, We just need to remember that sometimes. And I think that that why gives you the strength to be able to do that. Amazing advice. And I, I think it's absolutely spot on. And a great way to end this podcast episode. Mark, thank you so much for being our latest weight loss warrior. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I wish you all the best with your year anniversary wedding. And I'll be following you for sure. Thank you very much, Carl. Take care of yourself. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.